This is episode number 145 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hi, friends. It's Jesse. I'm popping in here before we get to today's episode to let you know that the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is now open for enrollment until October 29th only. The Academy is my fully online course and the only comprehensive certification that helps existing and aspiring exercise and health professionals to support moms in their postnatal recoveries. And now is your opportunity to join our mission of helping postnatal people and moms through what can be the most difficult transition period of their lives. The Academy is everything you'll need to learn how to build postnatal and pelvic health focused classes, sessions, programs, and workshops. It will help you to create a successful to you business or coaching practice. Listen, the moms, they need us. They are tired of being dismissed. They are over feeling misunderstood and they desperately need professionals to understand how to coach and treat them through the physical, mental, and emotional transitions they are undergoing. We want you to become an expert in your community for postpartum care. We want you to experience the immense sense of purpose in your work that comes from supporting postpartum people. And perhaps most importantly, the Academy is going to be heavy on the education, but also on the application. So you will have a clear path of direction after completing all 10 modules of the course on how you can create or grow your business within this industry. So friends, join us inside the Academy. Say yes to adding this essential training to your toolkit All the details are at the link in today's show notes. Be sure to note that enrollment closes on October 29th. We'll see you in there. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today is such an exciting day. It is opening day of the next class of the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy, which is my 10-module online course for fitness and health professionals who are wanting to better support and serve postpartum people, whether you do that in fitness, physical therapy, physiotherapy, athletic therapy, in your doula business, any health or exercise modality. The Academy is for you if you are a practitioner who is really looking to up-level your knowledge and education in postpartum and pelvic health. So what we're going to do today is give you a little sneak peek into the Academy. We're going to talk about 10 pillars 
for training and treating postpartum people. And each of those 10 is really brought directly from the academy in each of those 10 modules. And we're going to tell you what you're going to be learning. If you are taking this class at the academy with us, once you dive into all those 10 modules, what you're going to find in each one. So just as a reminder, if you're new to us, I work in fitness coaching of pregnant and postpartum people, and Anita does physiotherapy work with people who are pregnant and postpartum. So we do similar but different work, although we share lots of the same sort of strategies and values. Our work is very different in nature. So we'll give you uh, our, our two cents of how each of these pillars fits into our business. And hopefully you might be able to see how this could align for your, uh, your work, your business, regardless of the type of practitioner you are. Okay. So number one, number one pillar, and this is what we dive into in module one of the postnatal fitness specialist Academy. That is having a body of knowledge on the core and pelvic floor. So this seems like, yeah, that should be obvious, but it really isn't what we're seeing in my realm in the fitness industry with trainers and coaches working with postpartum people, working with moms who don't have education and knowledge on the pelvic floor. In basically all of the traditional or more popular personal training or group training certifications you'll see, you might have like a page of education on pelvic health or postpartum or pregnancy. And usually it's grouped all together on that one single page, but that's it. And then we just have these people who have had pregnancies or given birth coming into our gyms, coming into our online programs. And we, as the coach, don't have the adequate knowledge to actually guide them based on what their body has been through. Anita, what's it like in the physio world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think this is great to bring up. And I was going to mention too, I think it's helpful for people to hear like whether you're a fitness coach or a health professional um, of how we can actually work together. That even though Jess was saying how we kind of have different roles, um, a big part is actually learning how to work together with a fitness professional and a health professional. So yeah, I would agree with this in terms of even as physiotherapists, the core and pelvic floor, at least kind of where I am here in Canada, it's not, there's not a huge component within our master's degree. A lot of what I learned is post-grad work. And so there's a lot of different courses and not every course um, kind of covers this in the depth that I find with um, PFSA. Um, so when I talk to health and fitness professionals who ask me a question actually about your program, Jess, I talk to them about like your program is the most all-encompassing, well-rounded program that I've seen because yes, it covers the core and pelvic floor, which I think, again, not every coaching program really goes into depth or has up-to-date info. So that's another big thing is like you're constantly updating your course. So like you're going to get up-to-date knowledge on this. So basically it's one of those things where if you did learn this in school or you learn this in your original coaching program, or if you're a yoga or Pilates instructor, um, 
it's highly likely you may not have gotten the most up-to-date information. So this is like so, so important because as a health or fitness professional, like your clients likely don't have this information. And so anything you can offer them in terms of core and pelvic floor anatomy and knowledge can make a massive difference in how they feel in their body, but also physically, mentally, emotionally going through postpartum. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm thinking about as you are saying that in terms of the up-to-date information and education, that's why continuing education is so important in our industries working in fitness and health. And uh, I know for us in the fitness industry, like when we think about the core for trainers, a lot of the time we're still just thinking about getting a six pack and that's not what we're talking about in the academy. Sure. Some of your people might have that as a goal, but we're talking about what is the core? What is the pelvic floor? Do we understand where that is in the body? The basic anatomy of that, depending on someone's core and pelvic floor function, how will that then impact the type of exercise programming that you're going to do, which we're going to talk about next. What are the functions of the pelvic floor? Why do we want someone to have both strength, endurance, the ability to release tension? And that is all stuff that is important for us to know in working in exercise capabilities. And I was going to mention this to, um, well, it applies to both fitness and health professionals, but For example, one of my clients yesterday I've been working with postpartum um, and we technically had started pelvic floor and core work very early on and I had seen her after a previous pregnancy and she's also seen some other health professionals and they had mentioned about, you know, has she or will she be working on core work? And I think it's important to know that there's still this misconception of core work equals sit-ups and crunches only. There is so much more involved. And same with pelvic floor. It's not lying down and doing Kegels. And you're going to hear that today. You're going to find it in Jess's course. You're going to find it with, you know, up-to-date health and fitness professionals. It's so much more than that. So part of this is also you can educate other professionals in your community, even through your clients, of really what core and pelvic floor work is. That it's not this just a few key exercises. It's just, it's much beyond that. My gosh. Yes, please. Because we are both getting pretty tired of our clients and patients coming back from seeing their primary care physician or doula or midwife and having that practitioner tell them to just do your Kegels or just start planking. And that might be okay for some people, but it's not even close to the whole story. And we can give people much better information than that. Okay, so that's module one, (laughs) just that, just that, and there's so much more, Um, but when we're saying this is a well-rounded course with lots of information, we're not joking. So then pillar two is taking all that we learn in module one and then understanding how one's pelvic floor function will impact the exercise coaching or the advising or treatment that you might do. So And like Anita is saying, this is the beauty of being able to work in close proximity and with close relationship for me with pelvic health, pelvic floor physios or physical therapists, because if my client 
goes to see Anita and has an assessment and that could be online or in person. And we get some information that maybe that person had a third degree tear or in their vaginal birth, or they have true weakness of the pelvic floor, or they have high tone, or they're experiencing stress incontinence, then that information for me is so impactful in the exercise programming I do with them. So it will impact maybe how I design an exercise program over the course of a week or in the course of that one workout, how I structure the exercises that they're doing or how I cue them. So uh, all of the background and having this basic understanding of core and pelvic floor then changes or influences the exercise work that I do. And I think an important part here too is if you're a fitness coach and you only do one-on-one or you only do group or you only do online, um, this is super important too. Like you can still apply some of the individual things Jess will teach you in the program, um, but in a group context. Um, so for example, like where I, where my clinical practice is situated, it's within a yoga studio. And so they have yoga, they have Pilates, they have hit classes, strength training, everything online and in person. With my clients, when I'm talking to some of the teachers, they can't always cue individually everyone in the class. However, how they can teach an exercise They can say, you know, if you're aware you have high tone in your pelvic floor, do this. If you've been told you need to work on strength, do this. So you can still individualize a class for people, but it's harder to do if you don't have this knowledge. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. So moving on to pillar number three, which is what we cover in module three in the academy, is having an understanding of diastasis recti and then knowing how to do an accurate assessment of diastasis. So I always think about when a midwife of mine assessed me at two weeks postpartum with my first baby, which was five plus years ago. And I had been working with pregnant and postpartum people for many years before that and had assessed many a belly for diastasis recti. And the midwife assessing me at the time did not assess me in a way that I thought was accurate or honestly even useful at two weeks postpartum. And it just made me think about the hundreds of postpartum people that person was assessing and perhaps what type of information and education they were giving all of those people. And I just think that we can do this so much better. And this is if you work in fitness or physio or you're a midwife or a doula, if we are going to be assessing people for diastasis, then let's do it in a way that is actually useful and is not going to increase the fear that that person might be experiencing about their body in an already sensitive time. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's it's key how you mentioned, you know, traditionally diastasis is assessed in line, like lying on your back. And I find if care providers have gained some knowledge with it, that's typically what they'll do. Um, and as you mentioned, it's not always an accurate way of assessing it. Um, but we need to take it a step further and assess it with movement. And so I'll educate my clients that even like starting back in pregnancy, that 
it's not just about lying on your back or how many fingers like we've gone so far past that um, and understanding more about tension of the tissue between the abdomen or between the uh, muscles but it's assessing it in positions that are actually what the client is concerned with so knowing can you assess it in a plank can you assess it when they do a squat can you assess it when they're um weightlifting like you need to go beyond their traditional just lying on your back because that's actually what's going to probably be more important to your client. Yeah, absolutely. And then within that module two and throughout the course, we talk so much about diastasis and why we care about it or if we do care about it and understanding what it might feel like or look like if someone is doming or coning through the abdominal wall, through the diastasis, if someone is bulging through the belly how are those similar? How are those different? In what ways do we adjust our cueing or coaching of an exercise? So we're not just going to give you the information. Like if you assess someone and they have a four finger gap between their muscle bellies down the midline of the body, then you need to tell them they have diastasis and what, what do we do next? Does that information matter? How do we follow up? How do we respond? How do we talk to them about it? How do we guide them into exercise or back into their daily life with that information that we get? So yes, here's how we might assess them, but also here's what we need to do next with that information. Yeah, and I think with that too, you're gonna get to empower your clients. So for example, again, this week, there was a client I've only basically seen her virtual SR once in person, everything else has been virtual and you can talk people through virtual, how to assess their own diastasis. Um, I gave her, I think a lot of power back because she had a lot of fear around what was going on um, and how she can check within an exercise on herself to know, do I need to modify this? Cause that was her biggest concern. She's like, I don't know what I can and cannot do because I don't know what I'm looking for. So I walked her through step-by-step step how she can check with any ab exercise she does. We walked through a bunch of different situations so she could feel it on herself and get confidence because I could give her feedback. So I think also knowing yourself, how do you assess this, but think about it. You're going to also educate and empower your client so then they can carry it forward when you're not there coaching them. Yeah, I love that. And that is exactly how I work. And I think so many of us in COVID pandemic times are, yeah, wondering how we do this with people across the screen. But that's such a good example. And that's exactly what I do and have done for the last five plus years is only working online with people. And it is very possible to do this well. So in module four, we talk a lot about how we're able to offer basic guidelines on healing after vaginal and or cesarean births. So of course, the intricacies of this is going to depend on the type of practitioner you are. So the information that I'm giving as a kinesiologist, as a fitness coach is going to be so different than what Anita is able to offer within her scope of practice. And this is something that we come back to throughout the course so often is really staying in your lane, in your scope, referring out when you need to or want to, because you know there's someone better suited for the job. But for me, even working in fitness 
if I have a client who has experienced a second, third, fourth degree perineal tear, I need to know what that is, first of all. So we have education and information within this module to educate us on that. What do these degrees or grades of tears even mean? And then maybe I can give them some basic guidelines on how to have a more comfortable experience in healing from that and refer them outwards to. If someone has a C-section, what can I do to help them through those first few days at home or those early weeks to help them to be more comfortable? What are the basics you can give them to help them along in their healing, to support them physically, but also mentally and emotionally too? And again, I feel like this can go for anyone, regardless of you as a health practitioner. If you work in fitness, if you're a doula, if you're a naturopathic doctor, if you're a physio, we can all give people a little bit of something, a little bit of information. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think too, if you're a professional working with people during pregnancy, I highly recommend starting educating about their recovery while they're pregnant, not wait until they're postpartum. Yes, you can't predict how their birth is going to go. You can't necessarily predict how their recovery is going to be. But I've just seen over and over, it just helps your client, again, feel more confident in the recovery before it even happens, knowing they have some guidance, they're going to have your support after as well. Um, and educating about how their body heals. We did do a podcast episode about this um, so that people understand Yes, at six weeks postpartum, there has been healing, whether you've had a cesarean or vaginal birth, but the healing isn't done. There's this misconception that at six weeks, this magical moment of everything is back to the way it was before pregnancy. And we also don't want the messaging to be, you can't do anything. It's if you understand how the body heals, educate your clients on that. They will understand there is progression from like, restore like restoration rehab retraining training and progressing so i think that's just really helpful start it in pregnancy if you can and if you can't start as soon as you see them postpartum that's such a great point and something to bring up is that so many people ask if this course only covers education related to postpartum. And yes, but like Anita is saying, so much of this education is necessary for us to know before we even start working with people who are postpartum. So if you work with pregnant people, this education is so important for us to know now before we get people into the transition to postpartum because it can be so helpful for exactly where they are currently. So then moving into module five, this is pillar number five. We really want to consider the person's mental and emotional health as they transition into postpartum and parenting. I think that this is... I mean, obviously something that's not discussed nearly enough. I think that we talk about the physical body so much in pregnancy and postpartum and pelvic health work, but someone's mental and emotional well-being after they give birth or after they're not pregnant, as they go into parenting, whether that's the first time or they're adding the second, third, fourth child to their family, it is such an intense period for all people. So what do they need? What can they handle? 
what's most important in their life right now. How can you understand all of that and then guide them with the right best next move for them? So in this module in the Academy, we talked to a mental health professional, Shannon Kane, who gives us some basic understandings around postpartum mental health, mood disorders, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, PTSD, what might be some signs to look out for in the people that you're working with? And then also knowing who are the practitioners that you might be wanting or needing to refer your people to. Yeah, and I think that's so, so important. Um, Especially, you know, if you're working with people one-on-one as a health or fitness professional, they may share things with you that they haven't shared with family, friends, their care provider. Um, And so you have that opportunity to recommend resources. Um, And as health professionals too, even there are screens available for, you know, postpartum depression and not that as a physiotherapist, I would ever be diagnosing that, but through outcome measures. So kind of questionnaires you can do with the person from that, you can gather information to let them know, like, this is, you know, from what you've answered, I would recommend you check in with your care provider Um, Here are also options for like no counselors in your area that have a focus on pregnancy and postpartum um, and take training on birth trauma Um, because like you might be the person that can actually make that difference because they haven't, you know, shared anything with anyone else about it. Yeah, it's so, so true. I know after my first pregnancy, the people that I shared that I was experiencing a really difficult time mentally was with first my midwife and then my pelvic health physio. So that's that's a lot. And for us to be hearing these stories and to be entrusted with them is so special and a lot of responsibility. And so I think it's really key for us to have a plan of then what we're going to do with that information. And also in that module, module five in the course, we talk with Chrissy King, friend of the podcast, and Christy Harrison, a lot about body image and a lot about understanding what someone might be experiencing within their relationship to their body at this time postpartum. Again, just can be such a vulnerable time for people experiencing this body as being very different than something that they may have never experienced before. So with Chrissy and Christy, we talk about how we can facilitate these conversations and help to understand what someone might be experiencing in their body, what they're thinking about their body and how that is then influencing the health, quote unquote, health behaviors they're engaging in or want to be engaging in. And then moving on to pillar number six. So in module six of the course, we talk so much about giving strategies to help people adjust for core and pelvic floor symptoms in exercise and daily life. So what we know is that a ton of people, a ton of postpartum people are going to be experiencing pelvic floor symptoms. And so what do we do? How do we respond in the moment, whether it's teaching a class, whether it is at an outdoor workout, 
whether you're working with someone online doing fitness coaching and they are experiencing symptoms in their pelvic floor, they are leaking, they are feeling pelvic organ prolapse symptoms ramping up, what do we do? And we give you the education and the strategies around that so then you can then coach and respond adequately and not in a way that continues to ramp up their fear about their body that they might be having. Yeah, no, I think that's really key because especially, you know, now with social media and Google and everything people can look up, you don't know what people or like clients, whether it's group classes or individual, like what they've already heard from other people, family members, friends, what they've seen on social media. So you can be that person to give them the up-to-date information, to reduce that fear, to give them, you know, back control over like what's going on and how they can experience things and how they continue, can continue to do exercise they love um, or strategies for day-to-day things that are symptomatic. I find that's one of the biggest things, especially early postpartum. If people have symptoms with lifting their baby, or doing things around the house or caring for other kids like that really affects going back to number five, their mental and emotional health. So like, this is just huge. Um, A huge service you can do for your clients is this up-to-date information and reduce the fear that they probably have read about. Yeah. And the information that is not, well, just don't pick up your kid or just don't go for a walk or don't put your baby in the carrier that's not going to work. That's not going to be helpful for the majority of people. So we have to have better strategies. So on to number seven, know how to and when to advise for high intensity exercise and impact or high impact exercise. So what we talk about in the course too, is this idea of that six weeks, all clear, clearance with your primary care physician to then get back to all the fun exercise that you love to do and how we work with people around that. Because for most of the people that we're working with, returning to sprinting, running, boot camp, traditional type boot camp classes at six weeks postpartum isn't going to feel great. So if it's not going to feel great at six weeks, what are we then looking for? What are the signs we are looking for as someone gets a little bit further out postpartum that we can say, yeah, let's test this. Let's test this running, this sprinting and see how it goes. So with your people, Anita, what are you looking for to be able to say, yeah, let's try some more high intensity exercise or yeah, impact might be the right move now. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it'll depend too if I've been able to see them in person or virtually, if I've been able to actually assess their pelvic floor. But I find a lot of people, especially with in the COVID time where like in person was just not an option, a lot of people I've been able to work with them through this just virtually. So um, I'm looking for, are they having pelvic floor symptoms? So whether leaking pee, um, bulgy or prolapse type symptoms, pain, any of that with you know, day-to-day movements, like if they're experiencing that with walking, I may not be recommending, okay, let's start running at this point. Let's get walking to be less symptomatic and build up to running. Um, I'm also going through some key foundation strength training. And this is where there's a bit of crossover with what fitness coaches do is 
um, especially for returning to running, there are some key things I'm going to want to build up, not just their core and pelvic floor, but whole body mobility work. They really need that, especially, for example, in their thoracic spine, um, glute work, like leg strength. If someone is finding getting up from the floor after being down on the floor with their baby, getting up off the floor is painful or symptomatic. I don't think I'd be recommending let's go do some box jumps. So it's really going to depend on day-to-day -day stuff, what the symptoms are with that, their strength, if I can assess their pelvic floor, um, checking how strength is with that, their coordination. Um, and then from there, we do progress to different, you know, jumping strategies and test that out first. Um, and for running, a lot of single leg work is really key. So if we can get that to be asymptomatic with jumping, um, within home exercises, then we kind of progressively build back to running. So there's kind of, there's a bunch of things I'm looking for, um, but if they're having symptoms with certain day-to-day -day stuff, then we may not be ready. However, what is so, so important for you as a fitness or health professional is make sure your client knows that's where you're going. Like your goal is to get them back to that because I think that's the hardest part of someone who absolutely loves to run and right now going for a 15 minute walk, they're completely like leaking and have to wear a pad and for them to hear, well, you're just never going to be able to run. That's like devastating and it doesn't need to be that way. So let them know you're going to be working with them to support them to get them to that goal. But there are steps that you need to do first so they can get back and feel less symptomatic and feel more supported when they get back to it and they'll feel better versus pushing through it. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that to know where we're going and to know that we have their top interests in mind. And this is something that we talk about in the academy so much too is keeping it top of mind of how we can get that person that we're working with back to what they want to be doing and to not to not just think because they have symptoms right now or that they have this pelvic floor concern right now that that means forever that this is a no because that probably is what they have read on the internet and that might be terrifying for them. And I think just another thing with that too is testing um, to test and retest with your clients. So just an example that just came to mind was this week, one of my postpartum clients who her goal is to get back to running um, and we've done a lot of the foundational strength training and we've just been working virtually in person hasn't been an option um, for her to come in. And she was kind of having not, I wouldn't say like, I would say minor symptoms with things like, you know, dancing around the house with her kids um, or running after her toddler. And I know sometimes people would take that in and be like, okay, well, we're not going to try running. But knowing where she had built up to, what her strength is like, I've seen her virtually do a lot of tests for return to running, and she had a treadmill at home. So we, I got her on the treadmill, we tested out, I checked how she was running without cueing anything different. Then we changed the incline on the treadmill, we changed the speed she was running, so her cadence was different, her stride was different, um, her alignment was different, and I got her running without symptoms. So that's something, and then we kind of build up from that. So I think it's one of those things, and you're going to hear Jess talk about in the course all the time, there is no black and white. Um, and so there is a lot of gray. So yes, there is foundation things you need to work on, 
but you'll get to a certain point and sometimes you just need to test things out and tweak things and then see if you can get that specific activity to be asymptomatic. Yeah, how fun. They were probably so excited. It was so awesome. And she was just like, oh my gosh, I just did that. And like had no like urge that she felt like she needed to pee. Um, And it's not like she got, and I think that's a good thing to think about too. It's not like she got stronger within that session. She didn't suddenly have stronger pelvic floor. We tweaked her like even how her intra-abdominal pressure potentially was playing out um, with her pelvic floor. Um, And she was just pretty, pretty excited. So now we're kind of, we're gearing back to that and then we'll test it out in a couple weeks and see how she's been doing and then tweak as needed. Yeah, that's so, so good. And this is why we need a whole course with 10 modules to go through that stuff and not one sheet of paper considering postpartum people or the pelvic floor being special populations. Because this is so many people that we work with who are experiencing these universal things. And we just need a lot more understanding and education around it. And also what you're saying to have all these ideas in mind about how we can test and tweak and find a way because we can usually find a way for lots of people. Maybe it's right now or maybe it's eventually down the road. Okay, so then in module eight, talking about pillar eight right now, know some guidelines for troubleshooting minor peeing and pooping problems. So the type of education that I might give my client around if they're having trouble with peeing, pooping, emptying the bladder, emptying the bowels is going to be different than what Anita might give them. We might talk about similar things such as using a squatty potty or adjusting their breath or their body position, or I might give them some basic understanding about how splinting could help them with bowel movements. But then Anita might be able to go into much more detail about all of those things and why it might work for them. But again, for me as the fitness professional, if I can just give people some education in the moment to help them along before they get to have that appointment or that session with Anita, that can be life-changing for them. Yeah, I would totally agree. I've had it happen so many times where I've had clients come in and they've seen whether it was like a group class locally um, or, you know, they moved from somewhere else and had seen, you know, had done fitness coaching somewhere else and had already started learning about this stuff. And then I see them again, whether virtually or in person, and they're already leaps ahead. So we can then just dive into some key stuff that as a physio, I can provide them with, but like, the fitness coach or the Pilates or yoga instructor they work with, like did a phenomenal job. Um, and their client is just like, it won't, it'll take us less time to get to their result or goal because they've already had all that information ahead of time. So I just want you to know if you're a fitness coach, like what you're offering clients makes a huge difference. And so as a health professional, like, it goes both ways. So it's one of those things like what you do helps make my job easier and vice versa. If I get to see them first and then, you know, that you're seeing them after that can make your role easier as well. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool. And then moving on to pillar number nine. So we're talking about understanding how your client or patient's sleep schedule and stress load are impacting them. 
So of course, this is so key in the work that we are going to do in every single health modality. For me as a fitness professional, this is something that is on our consultation forums. It's something that I'm checking in with my people often about. How are you sleeping? What's your quality of sleep like? How many hours are you getting? Is that interrupted, uninterrupted? Is this happening five nights a week or is this a once in a blue thing? I need to understand how they are sleeping and I need to understand the rest of the stress load that they might be experiencing in their life too because that will impact the exercise programming that I'm going to recommend for someone. So always, always thinking about if life stress is high, exercise stress needs to be low. And for postpartum people, particularly those who are earlier on postpartum, we can think probably that their life stress is going to be high considering their sleep schedule within that too. So always, always thinking about their sleep as a measure of stress as well. Yeah, I think that's so important in educating your client on why, like how this is going to affect them, right? And I have it on my intake form as well about, you know, what is their stress level out of 10? What are the factors involved with their stress? And then knowing how do they cope and manage with stress? Um, and I think too, especially with working with postpartum people, letting them know like this information is going to help you help them. Um, because it can affect pelvic floor, core, pain, so many things involved with their recovery. And that you're not here to say, well, we're just going to get rid of all your stress because that is not real life. Um, so I always talk to clients like that's not what we're going to work towards. We're going to work towards what are some strategies that can help you manage it, cope with it. And if stressful things come up, how that might affect their symptoms, because I see that all the time. Stress and pain and pelvic floor symptoms can very much be tied together, and you'll learn more about that in Jess's course, and we've done some podcast episodes on it as well. Um, for them to be educated on that so that they can realize, you know, if symptoms have been, you know, decreasing and then all of a sudden it caught like a hiccup, then they have an increase in leaking or pain they can then look back and be like, oh, right, I haven't slept in three days because the baby's been up all night, so I've been up all night. Or um, something with their partner has been going on or jobs or, you know, something so then they can recognize, okay, I can get back to where I was. This stress is probably contributing to it. What strategies do I have that I can, you know, manage that now the best I can and that'll get me back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And as a side note to this, I don't know if you saw it yet. Have you been listening to Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yesterday's episode on completing the stress cycle. Genius. Go listen to that after you listen to this episode because it was just so many aha moments of feeling like this burnout or this emotional exhaustion that we're probably all feeling right now. And the importance of completing the stress cycle, if we do have a stressful event that comes up for us, how can we finish off that stress cycle to then help our bodies actually deal and manage that stress? Not just, not just thinking about it differently, but actually moving our bodies or doing some breathing work or crying or whatever it might be but completing the stress cycle, super interesting concept. 
Okay, and then the last module, the last pillar that we're going to talk about is working at building a sustainable, profitable business that aligns with your values. So module 10 in the academy is a business coaching module. So for us as business owners, this is this is so vital for us, especially because we have so many women, women identifying people come into the course and we want them to understand then how to take all this knowledge and education they have learned in the previous nine modules and do something with it. Whether they have a business already or just starting to build their business, we want to give them some guidance on how to build a business that can have an impact within their in-person or online communities. We want to think about the type of people that we are wanting to be working with and also the type of people that maybe are not able to access our services and how we can potentially reach some people that are not traditionally able to. We want to think about our position of privilege within our business and those with less privilege who can't access our services or services like the ones we offer and maybe how we can begin to shift that. And then of course, we are talking about how to build a profitable business and how to build wealth and taking care of ourselves financially with our business, taking care of our families financially with our business. There's so much in here. We talk about online course creation within the course. We talk about mindset strategies for those of us who are entrepreneurs. We talk about some business coaching uh, nuggets and words of wisdom from my first business coach who really was pivotal in my moving from one-on-one fitness coaching in person to having a fully online business. So again, what is so important for us to be considering is yes, having this education and knowledge, but then what are we going to do with it? All right, friends. So those are our 10 pillars of training and treating postpartum people. If you love this information and you want more, you want all of it, join us in this class of the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy. Enrollment is open from October 20th to 29th, and then we'll be closing down for at least six months. We only open registration twice per year, so now is your chance to hop in before the end of the year. We'd love to have you, and we can't wait to see what you do with this. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 